Welcome to the Chasing Spirituality Podcast. I'm your host, Megan, and I'm so excited that you're joining me today. Each episode is full of heartfelt and expansive content that will really help you expand your consciousness and grow as a person. I created this podcast because I wanted to share my own personal experiences on my spiritual journey, but I also wanted to meet others and have them share what they've been through and how they've gotten to where they are today. If you haven't done so already, it would really mean a lot to me if you could rate and review the podcast. This really helps the podcast grow and reach more people, but it also allows me to get more guests on the show. Now on to today's topic. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Chasing Spirituality. So I am talking to my best friend, Erica, today, and we're just really having a authentic, raw conversation. And what's so beautiful about this is it's a true spiritual conversation. You know, like it's not an interview. I'm not trying to um, introduce her to you guys, although at some point that might be something that we go a little bit more into. It's just a conversation about about spiritual shit, you know, like we're just, we're real, we're being our real selves and we're talking about our real lives. And so for me, it was a podcast that I listened to in the beginning of my awakening of two people just having a real conversation about what's helped them and what they're going through. And it made me feel so connected because it made me realize that there's someone out there that's just like me, that goes through the same things that I go through, has the same struggles, the same doubts, is interested in the same weird woo-woo stuff. So I want to introduce this as a new series to the show called uh, Spiritual Talk. And Erica will be a, hopefully, often guest that I get to have these beautiful conversations with and I know that you'll feel so connected with us and with spirit while we're having these conversations. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Um, I'm doing really good. I'm uh, enjoying cookie dough on my back porch. Um, that sounds fantastic. It is, it's wonderful. I had a very busy day. How was your day? It was pretty good. I worked from home, so that was good. Those are always my favorite days. Um, and just uh, been kind of like in a mood today, just been kind of feeling it out, um, being aware of it and just kind of bringing a lot of awareness around my mood and the things that could potentially be triggering it and just stuff like that but it hasn't been it hasn't been like to any point where like it made my day bad or like I let it affect my day or anything like that it's just something I was observant of um and then I rearranged my bedroom uh because we've been talking about rearranging it we didn't really like the way it was set up right now um Mm -hmm. and so I just decided to start rearranging everything yesterday and it actually looks really good so far it looks really nice and uh got that knocked out today so that was really fun oh nice um I'm glad that you were aware of your mood um is it like a have you figured out or pinpointed what what's caused it 
Um, it's not Mr. Woodsy, is it? <laughs> I would say that's kind of like what triggered the mood, but it's not necessarily him at this point. And for those of you listening, um, so yesterday, my husband, <laughs> the wonderful guy that he is, decided he was going to surprise me by just taking some things out of the house that we didn't want anymore that we needed to get rid of, right? But he got rid of some things that I probably wouldn't have. One of them being Mr. Woods. And Mr. Woods is a stick man that we created two Halloweens ago and used him as a prop. He was like a scary mobster from the woods. He looks like a, a stick man. And he supposedly Mr. Woods broke when he was moving some things around in our garage. And so he took him and got rid of him. And I didn't even get to say my goodbyes. And so my husband is a murderer for all of you listening. I just want you to know that. But I <laughs> forgive him. It did like that kind of like triggered, I guess, like, I would say, I guess that triggered my nervous system. If I really had to say what actually happened, because um, I realized I was having like an attachment to some of these things that he was getting rid of. And I was aware that I was having a material attachment. And I was like, you know, it's, it's just stuff. It's really not that big of a deal. So I didn't ever get like actual upset. And we never like had a fight or blow up or anything crazy like that. But that kind of triggered more emotions, I guess, because my nervous system was responding um, at a heightened state. So today I've just kind of like been a little bit more emotional than normal, um, a little bit more sensitive to, to things and not that I've reacted like in an um, extreme way. I haven't had any emotional outbursts or anything crazy like that. I've just noticed that I have felt a little bit more emotional today. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good that you're aware of it. Yeah, it definitely is because that's not always something that I would uh, be aware of and instead I might just have those um, emotional outbursts because it guess what it, it still happens but I've really surprised myself today and have actually just really just been observing the way I feel and just kind of asking myself if I want to you know go into it deeper you know if I want to do the shadow work and ask myself you know like why do I think I feel this way or what do I think is triggering it or what do I think is happening to cause this response and some of the things you know I've wanted to kind of dig a little bit deeper on and some of the things I haven't so I've just let myself feel them instead yeah that's that's very beautiful I'm glad that you're you're more aware because you're right oh that's just I don't know a year or two ago probably wouldn't have been aware Mm-mm. Mm -mm. no no not at all but it was really good for me to like after feeling that way all day um I started to work in my bedroom again and I started actually like moving things out and rearranging the room and um all that stuff and I could instantly just feel this um energetic shift starting to come over me because when we when we do those types of things around the house, when we do deep cleans and we do decluttering and we get all that stuff out, 
we're doing that because that's what's happening internally too. Like you're cleansing, you're decluttering and all that stuff internally. So I noticed like since my awareness has heightened, I've been wanting to get the crud and the clutter out. Yes. And it's like, it's like my mind is reflecting that I am more aware than I am, you know, getting through this and I'm not letting my mind stay bogged down with all these trillions and trillions of thoughts. Yeah. And plus it just feels really good. Like it's a really big, um, energy, like in like space cleanser too. Whenever you do those kind of things, it's a really good way to like cleanse the space is to really clean it and organize it. And you could ring some bells beforehand. If you want to kind of stir up the energy or something, open a window if you want, or let some sun in. And like the whole vibration of my room is just completely different right now. Like it's crazy. Oh, that is so awesome. I guess that's mm-hmm. why everybody just feels good after they clean. You just don't realize what it is really that caused that. And maybe he ended up needing to get rid of some of that stuff because maybe it, it was helping him too. I thought about that last night. Exactly. And that's what I think also made me feel like, well, then I can do this too. Like I probably should do this because it's something that I've just always done. I've always been a person that every, you know, at least every like six months, I'll be, I'll find something to purge. I'll find something to like declutter, whether it's a closet or a bedroom or a cabinet, I'll find something to really like just completely redo. And it almost like it resets me too. And I've always been this way. I've always done this, but here lately, I haven't done anything like that. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's been a while since I've done like a, a big, a big shift like this. And I think that I just really needed it. And so whenever I started thinking about him getting rid of stuff that kind of just came to me and it was like, well, maybe he just needed to do this. Like maybe he just needed the big energetic shift and that did it for him. And so I was like, well, you know, I can, I can see that. Yes, totally. And it must be a Gemini thing because Josh has been doing the same exact stuff, just messing with stuff some things I'm afraid might not ever be the same (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean it might be something in the energy right now I know I want to say like we had we're in Gemini season but I want to say like Mars was doing something crazy yeah it's definitely been different I'm I'm kind of glad though because they both seem to be in a pretty good mood so Mm mm-hmm Oh, I have to tell you a story that's one of those um, stories like your dry sense of humor, serious story. (laughs) Okay, I'm on board. Um, So this girl was telling me about the first time she was told or taught anything about her period or about a period or a monthly moon cycle. And so picture this child and she's so serious when she tells this story, picture this child in a sandbox at like six years old, um, possibly even younger. And she's just sitting there playing in the sandbox and her mom comes out and is like, I just got my period. And she's like, what? And she's like, that's where you bleed. And by the way, this is your sister. You have an older sister that you've never met. I had her when I was really young and I gave her up for adoption. And here's a picture of her. And she's like, so I, it's so traumatized like I get dropped on what a period is and then my mom's like bleeding profusely and that I'm gonna do this one day too and 
that she got not gut when she was younger and I have this whole sister out there and like I can't even process <laughs> all this oh my gosh but when she tells it she tells it so dry and just so serious and I was like that is so traumatic <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of my sense of humor always goes with the with that kind of stuff too so I guess that it that reminds me no, go ahead. It reminds me of um, like that type of sense of humor, at least the way that I do it, like the way I use it. It's very similar to Chandler from Friends. Yes, yes, like I it, totally. It's, yeah, like it's just that dry, like, yeah, this happened sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't help but laugh because while she's telling the story, I can tell it's very traumatic and that this like, really impacted her life but I too could not stop from laughing and I'm just like oh my gosh and she said she was like that's why like it resonated with her when I shared that meme the other day about you know the traumatic events and you don't even realize how traumatic it is until you're telling it and everyone's looking at you like whoa oh my gosh okay so I'm gonna have to tell the story I guess like the whole story on the podcast now because they're they've got to know like why this got brought up (laughs) yes yes okay so she tagged me erica tagged me in something in social media um you guys could probably go see it if you wanted to but it's it's really funny it's um you you explain the meme yes um oh i don't know exactly what it said i can't remember either it was something what i just said a minute ago about the trauma And you don't realize how traumatic it was until, yeah, it says turning your serious traumatic events into funny stories. Sometimes I don't even realize an event was traumatic until I tell it as a funny story and notice everyone's staring at me weird. Yes, exactly. So that's, that's what she tagged me in. And that's like exactly what happened to me at work. And we talked about this in um, like one of our last episodes um so I'll touch on it like a little bit deeper because I didn't actually go into the whole story so I was at work and we were in the middle of our Tuesday meetings our Tuesday meeting um we just kind of briefly go over what everybody's got on their plate for the week basically and um we're outside because nice day we decided why not have our meeting outside and the next thing we know is there's like all of this loud music and just chaos and stuff going on. And my, my coworker looks at the team and says, uh, why do I feel like we're doing a drug deal? Because we were also like huddled up with each other. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was just really weird. And so I just looked at everyone and I said, my mom was a drug dealer. <laughs> And they all just turn and look at me like they're not sure, like they're like half laughing and some of them are laughing and they're like, we're not sure whether to believe you if like this is funny. And I'm just like, true story. It really happened. And like, they're just like, oh my gosh. And so they, from there, like it just kind of went on. We talked about it a little bit more and I gave them a little bit more details, like about the fact that it happened when I was you know, around nine years old. And I remember the day that happened very, very vividly. Like this is a very vivid memory that I have from my childhood. So this is how I know that this was actually a a traumatic event because I actually fucking remember it. Okay. So 
I'm in the bathroom blow drying my hair. And the next thing I know is I hear the loudest bang and I turn around and my front door had been kicked in and they have my stepdad laying flat on his face with his hands behind him and they're cuffing him. Yeah, so I'm like, um, okay, what am I supposed to do like, here? Totally freak out. Yes, so these other cops are coming in behind the one that's got my stepdad pinned. And I hear my mom in the kitchen say, not in front of my daughter, not in front of Megan. And so one of the other police officers escorts me to my room and just kind of small talk chit chats with me. And then the next thing I know, I'm going to spend the night at my friend Kim's house for the night. And fast forward to what actually happened was my mom was a drug dealer. She got busted because someone told on her like one of her basically one of her clients got busted and he ratted her out and so they traced it back to her um they told me my entire life that the reason why my stepdad was arrested because I never got to see my mom get arrested they waited for me to go to my friend's house um they told me my entire life that he was arrested because he left the scene of a car accident because he was in a in an accident a few weeks before and they told me that they arrested him because he left the scene of that accident. I didn't find out the truth until I was like 13. How did you even find out? Uh, my sister told me. <laughs> she was like, she was talking about it. She was like, yeah, when mom was on house arrest. And I was like, what? I'm like, when was mom on house arrest? And she's like, you don't remember? And I'm like, remember what? And she's like, she had she was on house arrest. She couldn't leave the house except for two hours on Sundays. She had a black thing around her ankle. And then it was like, it all came back to me. And I was like, I just thought like we couldn't go anywhere. Like, I just thought she didn't want to leave the house, <sighs> you know, like, it's not like my mom was a busy body anyway. So I like, I just, I never, I never put it together. Oh goodness. Yeah. So that is an actual true story that I shared with my coworkers at a random meeting and I shared it super dry. Like I didn't crack a smile the whole time, which again, made it a lot funnier. And then I went home that, that night and told my husband about the story. And he also thought I was lying. He did not think this was a true story. I found that so insane, but honestly not surprising at the same time. Oh, another reason why I know this was a traumatic event for me. Um, so I found my journal that I did that year in school. I was in second grade and I found the journal that we had to write every morning in, you know, and there's an entry of it in that journal. No way. Yes. And next time I see you, I'm going to show it to you because it's crazy. Oh, you have to look at like what my handwriting looked like on my normal entries. And when you see it on that entry, it is so significant that it looks like a different person wrote it. I'm like, oh, wow. that's not some psychology shit right there. No, that is insane. Yeah. Let me guys know if y'all want to see a picture of it. And I might post, I might post it on Instagram just so that y'all can see it because it's really, oh my gosh, like it's really weird. That's just crazy. I really, really am anxious to see this now because 
I found that so fascinating that the handwriting would be different just off of the trauma alone. I know. Like that's, that's really important. Like if you have young kids, especially pay attention to their writing from day to day and see if you can't tap into like what kind of day they had. That is so amazing. Like, oh my gosh, I'm mind blown right now. I'm going to be like, look at every single thing my kids bring home this year and be like, oh my gosh, let me look at your handwriting. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, you had a good day today because your handwriting looks like this. And like, was this a bad day? What happened? (laughs) Oh, I just find that extremely fascinating. It is. It's pretty cool. Oh, our chicken nugget goes from last week. Um, They say that it's, or Sophie has now blamed it on our cat. I thought your cat, your cats, do they go in her room? Yeah. We try to keep it out of her room because that is where the chameleon's at. And she does tend to get on the cage I don't think that she's trying to hurt the chameleon she just the lights up there so she gravitates to that because it's warm um mm-hmm. so we try not to let her in there that much but yeah she does go in there oh, okay so, I didn't even think she went in there yeah um but I still don't necessarily think it's her either because I can't see her picking them up and carrying them in there she would normally just eat where she is yeah but that was our latest update and that's what Sophie claims, which makes me even more believe that Sophie could possibly be the culprit. Yeah, because she would try to lie like that with her little sly mm-hmm. butt. Yes, completely. But she hasn't um, found any more chicken chicky nuggies in her bed, but she does still hear things all the time. She has at least um, done more grounding and we have, talked a lot about the control that she has and things like that so she's she doesn't seem as as nervous did you ever um I can't remember I know you said you were thinking about it did you ever buy Michelle Henderson's book I was gonna say if you asked me if I ever did anything I probably didn't and no I did not (laughs) (laughs) I'm the world's worst about gonna do something and never do it yeah, because that, I mean, that, that would be really, really, really good for both of the girls, for sure. I need to get it. Look, I'm telling you, like, I have a lot of great ideas. I just don't normally follow through with them. <laughs> um, yeah. My mind is chaos. Same. Oh. Sorry, I'm outside and my dog is wild. But yeah, I'm, my mind is, it's one big jungle. It's been a lot better this week, I think. Uh, I've definitely been more impulsive though. And I don't know that that's always a good thing for me. Yeah. I'm aware of it though. So I'm reeling myself. <laughs> in. Uh, yeah. Like earlier, one of the things that came to my awareness was, um, so uh, Miles went to the pool today with the kids um, and just took his laptop up there with him. And he was saying that he was not going to stay with them this time, that he was going to come back to the house because he wanted to try to get some work done. Um, but normally he would just go and take his laptop um, and stay up there. And sometimes he'd even swim if he had a break in between like, a, like work and stuff. Um, 
And today he was just going to drop them off and come back. And he never came back. And I, I never got, you know, a text or anything like that telling me that he wasn't going to come back. And even though like I knew that he decided to stay for whatever reason he stayed, like I, I knew that's where he would be. It bothered me because I did not like get a, did not get that validation from him. Like he did not call me or text me to let me know that he wasn't coming back. And it triggered me because, you know, one of my things is fear of abandonment, especially when it comes to people who are already part of my life. I would say like, I've noticed that my daily interactions, my normal um, friend group, like my normal associations, I have more of a fear of rejection. So this would be like acquaintances, people that I talk to, people that I could potentially be close with, but I'm not super close with. I have a fear of rejection. People that yes. are already close to me, people that I already love, I have fear of abandonment with. Yes. And so that triggered it. And I knew that it triggered it. So I never took it out on him or anything like that. But it just, um, it definitely did kind of bring me down a little bit. Like it made me, it made my heart hurt. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like I didn't actually feel sad. I didn't actually like cry, which would have been fine if I did. It just wasn't quite that. Um, it wasn't like quite that saddening to me. It was just like, I could feel my heart ache a little bit um, <laughs> for like, for, for myself and for having that fear. That's, that's so, I'm glad your awareness was there though. And you saying that just made me aware of my own that I was not aware of at the time. I was actually blaming rather than realizing because, you know, I have that same fear a lot of times. And it seems to be with the same groups as well. And the other night, mine wasn't really the same, but Josh just was going to go straight to playing his game. And I had assumed that we would spend time together before I went to bed. And I got so mad that I was like giving him the silent treatment. I was petty. <laughs> and I was just like, you didn't take time and make time for me because I'm not important. I've never was aware that I, I just felt abandoned in that moment. Yes, that's exactly how you felt. And that's how I honestly feel a lot of times. And so, like, sometimes it's even things that like, like, are so silly that you're like, I cannot believe that that of all things is what is triggering this fear. And then yeah. sometimes it can be things that are a little more, a little bit more serious or a little bit, you know, different. But what I've noticed is when I, when I approach this situation, when I, when I do have the awareness, because I mean, sometimes we just don't and that's, that's okay. But when I do have the awareness, I noticed that if I try to just explain to myself what the trigger is and then explain what the trigger is to whoever triggered me and not blame them, but just say, hey, when this happens, so like when you tell me you're going to do something and then you don't do it and I don't have any explanation why it it just, it triggers me. It makes me feel a certain way. And I don't, I don't want to feel that way. So can we please talk about a way that would be, you know, better for us to communicate these kind of things in the future? I'm not asking you to tell me everything that you're doing, but is there some kind of place we can meet at in the middle 
to where I won't be triggered, but you can also do whatever it is that you got to do. Yes. Because honestly, he just like probably didn't even think anything about it, honestly. Exactly. I know that that's what it is. And even if I would have like taken the awareness deeper and really started to, you know, ask myself more questions, that's exactly where I would have ended up. Yeah. That, you know, he just didn't think anything about it. Like it just, he was, he, he had, he had to stay. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, like it sucks, but our fears are always present yes very much especially if you know especially like your universal fear you know your universal fear is steering your life all the time and the universal fears are fear of abandonment fear of rejection and fear of being found out a fraud so one of those three fears is always steering decisions and you just have to become aware of what you're afraid of what's triggering it and why that that actually takes me back to um lily the last few weeks i've noticed her anxiety has been so high that i actually was talking this week about getting her a therapist because she has i'm noticing a pattern with her um you know, like she was really into horseback riding and then she had that horse buck on her and it got a little bit hard and she was, she was kind of done. Uh, mm-hmm. basket, I don't want to say that she gave up on basketball, but she hurt her knee and then like she got really, really fearful of that. Um, same thing with her arm the other day, you know, she broke her arm in a bouncy house and we were talking about going to a trampoline park or some bouncy place this past week and she was like well I don't want to do that again because I don't want to break my arm again and I was like well you can't always live in fear like that and so I was you know trying to talk to her about it and I've just realized it is so deep with all kinds of things um she came to me like two weeks ago and I think it's silly but really it must be a real thought in her head and she had accidentally stabbed herself with her pencil and she was like well I die from lead poisoning and I was like no And then like, I've been, you know, I've been sick this past week and she thought that she could catch what I have. So last night I'm dramatic. We all know that I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, Oh, I'm dying. And she's like, Oh my gosh, scared now. And Josh is like, see, now you've got her scared that you're going to die or something. Like you gotta, you talk about her fear all the time and how she's got to, you know, not live in fear, but you just scared her. And she thinks that now you're dying. And she goes, no, I'm afraid that I'm going to get what she has and I'm going to (laughs) die. She wasn't even worried about me, but her fear lately has been just insane. And he was like, maybe it's because you're dramatic too. Mm, maybe. Leighton went through a phase like that though. Like where I just felt like she was so scared of everything. Everything. I don't remember how old she was. Um, but Leighton's always been my scaredy cat, I would say. And I don't mean scaredy cat in a bad way. I mean, it's just, she's, that's who she's been. She's always been my cautious one, my, my timid. Cautious. Not really scared, but she's very cautious. Yeah. And the only thing, which is so funny, the only thing that Leighton doesn't get 
like scared of about or isn't cautious of or anything like that is when it comes to like physical activities like she's super like freaking fearless when it comes to like sports and stuff like that really yeah like she really is um even though she's gotten hurt because I've feared that too like I've always been afraid that once she gets hurt it's gonna make her not be so fearless around those things but she's gotten hurt and she keeps doing it so that makes me really happy because I could really see that being something that would trip her up. So I can definitely see where Lily's coming from. And I think the reason why I can see it that way is because that's how I was as a kid. I was a really like scared kid. Like I was, you know, afraid to do anything that might hurt me. Yeah. I've been really proud of her because in some ways she's changed a lot. Like, you know how she hates water in her face and she has been in this pool every day turning flips underwater and handstands and that part she's gotten past this year like she's a total different kid there but goodness with her other fears it's like just insane and it's it's crazy stuff that she comes to me with but the best was last night with me I'm like I'm dying she's like (laughs) I'm so scared and he's like see now you scared her she thinks you're dying he's like she's like no I'm afraid I'm gonna catch it then I'm gonna die she's such a mess I could just, I guess, die. I think she probably just knows by now that you're dramatic. (laughs) I I think that that's fair. I think that that's probably true. I mean, Jeremiah, my oldest, he's completely accepted it. And I don't know, he might be a little bit dramatic too. He was telling us today about one of his friends. And this friend's dad has not ever been in the picture and Jeremiah's always made these jokes that he'll just tell us. He's like, yeah, his dad's out there somewhere. He said, I mean, somewhere around here too. He said, how's that? Did not know your dad. And he's just somewhere right around here. And it's always been a joke between him and his friend. And so today he's talking to us and he's like, yeah. And his dad died. And I was like, so he's not out here anymore, just around somewhere. And he starts laughing. He said, no, he died. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. And he was like, well, I don't know. He doesn't really care. And I was like, no, people say that, but they do care. And he was like, mom, he's, he don't even know him. Like he, he said, he doesn't care. And I was like, wouldn't you care if something happened to your dad? And he was like, well, yeah, cause I know him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. That's fair. I guess. Good point. <laughs> Good point. I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you ask Miles, he would probably say he would care. Yes. And he doesn't know his, so, like, his biological. Yeah, agreed. That's why I'm just. He, he wishes that he did. Like, he's, he's, um, he's wanting to find him, but he just hasn't had any luck because he has no idea who he is. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I told him. I said, he, he probably does more than we think. Even if he doesn't realize it right now, you know, he might realize it later. Yes. That's, that's what I told him I said he can even convince himself that that is how he feels about it and he truly may believe that oh absolutely I said and then again maybe maybe you're right he doesn't care but just the way Jeremiah told it I realized then in that moment I was like oh my child is dramatic tra- dramatic just like me I mean <laughs> even for a boy the way that he told the story because I feel like we can read people the mo- the most that are more like us 
even if it was past versions of ourselves, we can still read them very well. But I think that if there's someone who's really different from you and you don't have a lot of similar experiences or similar like energy links and stuff, I think that those people can be harder for you to read because you don't know how to mirror that back to them. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and I think that that's why like there's so many people that could be energy workers and they could do the exact same thing or any kind of thing in the spiritual community, really like mediums, psychics, uh, Reiki healers, crystal healers, whatever. There can be so many of them, but there's still never going to be enough or you, there can always be more because you're going to be drawn to someone specifically for their energy. I feel like lately I've been getting people drawn to my energy that want to suck from it. Yeah, well, so you got to set them boundaries. Oh, yes. I'm being tested so hard right now. I mean, they're coming out the woodworks. Yeah, because uh, guess what? Moths are drawn to the light. Well, And it's because you're light. Like you are the light to a lot of these people. And I'm not calling them moths in a way to be like, oh, like you're a moth. It's just they're probably in a dark place or in a darker place. And they're drawn to you because you've been in darker places, but you have found the light. Yes. So they they will, they will, they will suck from you until you're completely dry. So make sure that you set very clear boundaries until you're ready to be around them or talk to them again. Yes. How, how would you said that there need to be like more energy workers or. Yeah. Like, I think that even though, because a lot of people, when they start doing like spiritual work and they want to actually like have a spiritual business, they're afraid to get started because they're like, oh, there's already so many people that do that. Like there's already so many tarot readers and there's so many Reiki healers and there's so many mediums and there's, you know, all this stuff, but it doesn't really matter because the people that are going to come to you they're going to be drawn to you because of your energy. You're yes. going to have a match with them that not every other Reiki healer and every other tarot card reader and every other medium will have. That is true. And you'll probably can notice that like for yourself, think about like the own people that you've been drawn to, like your own healers that you've been drawn to or like certain um spiritual topics that you've been drawn to certain youtubers or podcasters and um just influencers think of who you've been drawn to and a lot of times it's probably because you guys have some kind of energetic link where you can see yourself in them they can see themselves in you parts of what they've experienced is similar to what you've experienced or y'all may have the same universal fear y'all may have the same attachment style y'all will have something significant that links you guys together energetically yes I think that I had that realization without even realizing what it was with the decision that I've made lately of thinking I didn't have enough to contribute to the spiritual community and then deciding no that's crazy because I have a lot of interactions in day-to-day life that happen like that and I'm like they happen I, I do not believe that things just happen just because they definitely always had a reason 
even the smallest of things. Yes, they do. And I think that that's honestly kind of like the balance we need. Like, I love that you've been talking about spiritual things publicly. Like you've been actually having spiritual conversations in person with people where I've more so been the opposite. I don't have um, a lot of people that I talk to about spiritual things with outside of you. And then people that I interview on the podcast or people that I talk to um, online, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes there's something different about, you know, talking to people face-to-face in person within your you know, community or within a place that you go. And you've been doing that where I've been doing this version. And now I feel like I'm kind of getting you pulled in to the more out version where it is more social media based. It is talking to people from all over the world and um, sharing your experiences with people, you know, publicly all over the world. And I want to get more into like meeting more people in my area that I can talk to and that we can support each other. Yes. Yes. I've had very, very many conversations at work and with patients and just general people in my community and in my area. Um, it's been, I mean, it's been really, really, really good. And it's been a huge eye opener, to be honest, because I did not think that I would have near as many people who are just involved in it in some way or educated or on their spiritual path and I mean just I I didn't even realize wearing a crystal around my neck would draw so many people in but it really does I cannot tell you I swear since I've gotten my apocalypse I mean I have a conversation almost daily just off of that alone yeah and I've um definitely been more outspoken about Um, my spiritual, you know, my spiritual beliefs and the things that I do and the things that I practice, I've definitely become more outspoken of this. Um, Whereas you've been outspoken on yours for, you know, quite a while now, um, at least several months longer than I have, several months. Um, And so I know that it might take a little bit of time for me to, you know, actually meet people that I can talk to about this regularly in my day-to-day life. But that's also why I want to start going to more local fairs and local shops and stuff like that. Like just kind of stretching my energy out there and meeting more people face to face. Plus, there's a lot of people in my area that might be looking for a psychic medium. And I would love to give a reading. (laughs) Yes, but it's harder for you, in my opinion, because you don't where you work at. It's not with you know, the general public, that's what's made it easier in my area to be able to do that. Just because I see so many people a day, I think it's Mm -hmm. harder. So that's why you're having to, to find these things, which I think is really neat anyways, just to find other outlets and things to do. Like even the one that's coming up soon that you've mentioned, like, it's just to find that there's like-minded people out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I love about it. I love the community, like the community of being around just a group of people that all think and feel, you know, similarly to you, but not a way to where it's like cultish in a way to where even if you don't think the same way that I do, you still have that mindset to where you are accepting 
of everyone and what their beliefs are and what their mindset is. And so everybody at least has that type of mindset, whereas our actual, like what we believe in may differ and we're okay with that. That's the kind of community that I want to be a part of. And I'm like trying to grow this son of a bitch. <laughs> like all love and light, dude. Yes. Yes. So yeah, we want to, we want to do that and go into more places and meet more people is the best way I know how to do it. Yes. That's, that's just like the girl that I talk about at work all the time. Like she is still very, very, very new to spirituality, but she's just so open and that's what's made it be so easy to talk to her and include, you know, want to include her in things because even if she doesn't necessarily believe that way or that's not the way that she's used to, she's just so open to it and just the open of kindness to humans. And it it just, I love being around her energy. That's why I've noticed that work. I will gravitate towards her a lot quicker. And it's like you said, you're, you're gravitating towards that energy, but Mm -hmm. I, that I, I don't want to say I've become dependent on that energy because I definitely still know that I'm powerful in myself and that I can vibrate at my own frequency and and vibrate very beautifully and highly, but it definitely helps to have someone to mirror that close by. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's made the work environment a lot, lot better, more positive. Yeah. And I definitely have had some surprising support at work too like I definitely don't go around like talking about it with everybody but it's also because you know like we pretty much stay to our you know our main team and not because we're not allowed to associate with others or anything crazy like that it's just we're always so busy that those are the people we're around most of the time and so those people I can I could talk to about it and it wouldn't be a big deal, but not many of them are super interested. So not many of them, if most of them, like we don't have deep conversations about it. Yeah. And I still find myself with certain blocks, like, you know, the whole alien over at my aunt's house that we see all the time, like they're all so into that and they love talking to me about it, but you know how that side of my family is with religion and things like that. So I've definitely found that I have a block talking to them about it and normally I don't have that when I'm talking to someone else face to face but I definitely struggle more when they start talking about the alien and seeing it and it's not that I don't believe it but in my head I'm like oh I don't even know if I can tell them that I'm fully convinced that's what this is (laughs) even though they're telling me they think it is I'm like I don't want to be the one that's even more crazy and it's just like yeah that's totally it (laughs) I'm sure that's what it is oh yes but I've always been the kooky one so I'm like as soon as I say it they're gonna be like oh yeah I know it's probably not now (laughs) she needs to just ask them to give her a a message yes tell her that tell um ask them to come and pick her up (laughs) pick me up for dinner I mean, I legitimately was calling out. I was like, please just come and take me at this point. <laughs> I feel like I'd bring me back. far away from here. 
Yes. And I just felt like that bring me back better than I was. And if I didn't come back, then, I mean, the loss wasn't that great. I'll catch y'all in the night <laughs> next time. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes. I was. I did I was, hear this. No, go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying I was volunteering as tribute. You know, I was like, just take me in progress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes, that's so funny. Um, I was actually listening to this podcast earlier, and they were. She was talking about um how like if you actually do want to talk to and channel like galactic beings um oh, yes. that, Tell me I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah she said that you basically want to start off with the smaller energies first because she said if you think about like on like a scale if you think about a ghost if you think about a ghost compared to like an archangel Think about the vast difference in that energy. Well, then think about also like some of these super high vibrational galactic beings as well. Like they're going to have a really intense energy. So she was saying that you have to start off, you know, getting familiar with your own energy. And then basically you'll start to want to experience the energy of spirits and of earthbound spirits or, or ghosts and things like that. And get familiar with that. Get familiar with what um, one feels like when it isn't um, positive, when it's more negatively polarized, or you just can tell it's got a bad vibe. That way, you know how to control a, mo- a super intense energy when you start tapping into the to the bigger ones. Yeah. So that was her recommendation. So basically, you're telling and, me I got got to do some footwork first. Yeah. So yeah. my going- she was saying, I mean, I mean, you don't have to. You can definitely just try to go up in there and and, <laughs> and channel. Just know that the energy might be super intense. So just be prepared for it so that you don't scare away the connection. Because I think that that could have been what happened to me when I had that that voice that came into my head that said, you know, I am the God Eros or whatever it said. I'm pretty sure that's what it freaking said, but I still feel freaking crazy saying it because I'm not one that tends to communicate with gods and goddesses, nothing against them. I just don't communicate with a lot of them. I normally communicate with like spirits and angels and the, and like, you know, I don't know, maybe like ascended masters and maybe the occasional goddess. But that, that was not even back then. I wasn't even talking to like anything back then. <laughs> I was talking to my higher self and that was probably it. Um, but yeah, so like I think what happened is probably I was channeling. Like I started to channel this voice. Um, but I, it scared me so bad because I wasn't expecting that energy. And remember, I told you the voice was like booming, like it rattled my whole body. That's what the energy felt like. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like it was the energy was that intense. And so just prepare yourself for channeling some of these super high vibrational galactic beings or whoever it is that you're trying to channel just remind yourself that the energy may be super intense and then maybe you won't get so scared and you'll be able to keep the connection yeah 
I think I'll do my footwork first. <laughs> original plan is to debunked of the putting some temple on my head and carrying peanut butter out there because I feel like that's an attractive bait. I'll, I'll, I'll do the footwork first. I don't, I don't think I need to be playing with energies. Yeah. I'm not even stable enough in this, this lifetime to be doing such. I know better. <laughs> I mean, the only like galactic experience that I can say for sure, like that happened to me recently, not when I was a kid, um, was when I had that dream where I basically woke up from a dream, but I was still in a dream and I, everything was pitch black. Um, all I could see above me was what looked to be kind of like the shape of um of like a mandala or something like that but it was bright bright green and it looked like a light like I was just mesmerized and like hypnotized by this light I could do nothing but stare at it and my body felt super super heavy and numb and then I remember hearing a voice saying something about like my DNA or something like that and then it, that scared me and so I woke from whatever it was that was happening yes I think now that I'm not like a hundred percent but I think that I might have just been receiving a light code healing yes like a transmission that wasn't too long ago though right no that wasn't that long ago that was um I don't know. I want to say that was like in the winter. Yeah, I remember that because I remember you like being like something's messing with my DNA. Yeah, I want to say it was like in, I want to say that was in like March or or February. Yeah. All I was thinking yeah. was you were oh, I can about the whole DNA. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that shit looked like. I'm not joking. Oh, it looked, it was like bright green like that. That's crazy. Yeah. I think it might've been a light code. Um, and I just don't know like who was giving me the light code. I know that like green is, um, the color for Raphael and I do feel very connected to him. Um, so I mean, it could have been like something with the Archangel Raphael. Um, I really don't know. Hmm. It could have been. And, um, some kind of light light code from like a galactic connection that's what someone on reddit told me they told me they thought it was like I had some kind of starseed DNA basically and it was them um, activating some kind of light code DNA thing inside of me basically like a activation of my energy yeah. um, or that they were healing something like a hint healing something from my past so that I could move forward and have an activation. Um, but like, I don't really know. I mean, like I'm interested, but I just haven't done a whole lot of research to be confident in, in all of these things yet. Like, I don't know a whole lot about light codes and light language. And there's just so much out there about star seeds that I probably have only like scratched the surface. So I don't really know what it is, but 
it was either an angel in my opinion or some kind of galactic race have you thought about doing Katisha's starseed thing I have and I actually signed up for it and I got accepted so I just have to book my session nice yeah I think that that would be really interesting yeah for sure I'm excited about it um I wasn't gonna do it but um she said that she would um I could sign up to do more sessions um because I didn't want to like cloud her podcast you know with just Megan <laughs> but she said she wanted me to sign up if I if I wanted to so I did and um yeah hopefully we get a good episode out of it yes I hope so I'm I'm interested to see how that'll go because I feel like you might get something from that yeah I have a feeling I will too I just don't know what which one because I definitely feel drawn to different known galactic races out there but I also know that there's so many out there that we don't even know about yeah hmm. maybe I'll maybe I'll discover a new one oh, maybe so interested to see this thank you so much for joining me today if you enjoyed this episode please share it with someone you love and it would mean so much to me if you could rate, review, and subscribe so that the podcast can reach and assist more people. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love.